This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, everybody? Ricky Widmer here, along with Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And you may be saying to yourself, whoa, this is weird. Not yep. only can I not what's up, see what's you up, guys What's up, Nation has week. taken over. Yeah, we, it's running rampant right now because Sean Anderson, second, MIA. Second week in a row. Sean's like, hey, guys, you know what? I got to broadcast a football game in Michigan. Not going to be able to come in. Me and Dave said, no problem. We got you covered. What's up, what's up, we'll Right the shit. Oh, God. Writing the shit. It doesn't feel good. Shout out to my boy, Ben. He's the commander and chiefer. Come of, back uh, soon, Sean. What's up, nation? But Ricky Widmer and Dave Oster here to take you through the fast break. And we kind of hit a groove now, Dave. Like, do I even have to tell them what we're talking about? Because we've kind of hit a groove. I think they with know what, what to expect doing. it these days. If you're new to the fast break, what we're doing until the foreseeable future we got our until, we get, program. until we get football games going is we're going to talk about a division football games which we change in sports basketball i'm a, i'm on total football mode basketball games we're going to be talking about a division this week it's the northwest and then we're going to be doing some rankings this week we were ranking coaches and it was fun it was fun to rank some coaches i think it was a lot of realization of how shitty some coaches in the nba really mm-hmm, are mm-hmm, especially some of the the bottom feeders, and you guys, I'm going to have a special announcement during that part of the podcast, but we're going to start with our divisional preview part, Dave, and this, we're moving back to the Western Conference after being in the East last week. We're looking at the Northwest, and to me, this is an interesting division only because we've got, to me, the up-and-coming, I'm going to say up-and-coming Timberwolves with new coach, they bring in Chris Dunn, a nice young talent who I think eventually is going to overtake Ricky Rubio. Looks like a for potential starting, star in the NBA for after that, that starting start. job. Yep. We also got the Thunder, who how are they going to transition post-KD? Then we got the Blazers. Dave may think they're falling off. We're going to get to that. Then we have the Jazz and the Nuggets. But I want to start with Minnesota. With, what uh, we said. with the news coming of KG's retirement as well. Does it really like no. does it really hurt them though? He did his job. He was a mentor, year one. That's all Cat needed. He just he needs he needs somebody to look up to and be like, This is what I can be if I give it my all. Well, not I think ju- that's kinda not I just think it that went well. Thibodeau would have killed his knees. Well, Thibodeau Or would have tried to kill his knees. Yeah. Garnett would not have survived. I mean, he was playing limited minutes already, very limited. I mean, look at what Thibodeau did but, to uh Joe Keem. I mean, Joe, Joe didn't play this season mostly because of how hard he pushed himself during the Thibodeau era. Yeah, yeah, but Joe also can't shoot, so I don't have too much remorse no, for the K- man. KG can shoot a KG, little bit KG better. KG had a sweet shot. But I say up and coming, and I kind of feel like when I say that, it's a slap in the face of this Timberwolves team. No, they they rebuilt right. I, I want to give them credit as an organization for p- bringing in the pieces one by one. They took their time. They didn't rush anything. They didn't mm-hmm. go out and drop a ton of money on some free agent who's you know going to maybe on paper make their team better but might not fit stylistically or with the locker room. They got this whole class of young guys bringing them up. I think one of the oldest guys, like the uh, the veteran leadership on that team is Ricky Rubio really mm-hmm. now. So Yeah, he I, would I be think the oldest. I think it's a really good roster. Um, and look, you, you got – just absolute star power with Cat down low. You got Wiggins, who, no slouch, absolutely not. And Ricky brought it up earlier. Our boy, Chris Dunn in Chris this draft. Dunn. He's going to take over Ricky Rubio's The hype take for over this team job. is real. And I mean, before we get into Chris Dunn, though, the one thing I wanted to mention was when you were talking, Dave, the whole thing with the rebuilding right, they didn't just do it through the draft. 
the key move that I would say to make the just decision of, hey, you know what? We're going to take someone like K-Love, who we might have drafted to be the guy who's not going to be he the guy. He was that cornerstone of the Timberwolves for many years. Let's do an equal swap. Hey, Cleveland, if you think he's a piece for your championship run, you can have him. Give us all this young talent. And mainly it was give us Wiggins, but we'll take fucking Anthony Bennett, who shouldn't have been a number one pick, and just cut him because yeah, he's no longer on this team. Like, making that move as well. And, I mean, now getting into Chris Dunn, I think that he is going to be, we talked about in our six-man discussion, I think he's a six-man right now, but he ain't going to stay a six-man for much longer. I think it's eventually going to go, hey, Ricky, this is now Chris Dunn's job, and he's now our point guard. Well, look, I, I think the advantage of having Ricky Rubio on the floor with this starting unit is the fact that he is a distributor first. Mm-hmm. He he is not likely to take a shot. He drives to the lane, and his, his shots are usually pull-ups or layups one way or the other, but he's going to get the ball to the guys who are like super proficient with scoring, whether it's Wiggins, Zach Levine, or Towns. I, I think that that is a nice complementary player that you can have him run with the first unit because in that second unit, when you look at that, Chris Dunn now has a lot of opportunity to score. He can kind of highlight himself as that spark off the bench and kind of make sure there's no downtime, you know, when you do need to rest starters. Mm-hmm. So I think early on in like in the first couple months of the year, I think it's going to benefit him to be in that second unit. So he does have all the opportunity in the world to showcase his entire Ability, I guess, to, to play basketball because he is a he's a well-rounded player. But eventually, is it going to be when I th- I he think works with that second team? Is it going to be okay? This is now you're you're now in that first squad, and this is now not necessarily your team, but you are now our point guard of the future moving forward. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's very likely. The obviously the big deficiency and the big reason Ricky Rubio gets some hate is his lack of offensive prowess. His outside shot is non-existent. He is not efficient, and you know what? In today's NBA, you need a guard who absolutely is mm-hmm. a well-rounded floor general, and that's what we've seen Chris Dunn. That's why he was so highly thought of coming out of college because he had that maturity to him. He could control the ball on the court. He could direct offense, and he he just has that all-round package. Ricky Rubio, again, limited, but he's still very good at what he does but maybe just not the best fit anymore for that starting unit come end of year, you know, maybe maybe that playoff push. And another thing that I remember draft time, this was a big thing I liked about Chris Dunn, he's good defensively and can rack up some steals, partner that with Coach Thibodeau, the defensive coach. I think him and Thibs are going to get along just nicely yeah, in I feel Minnesota. Like that was, I think that was like a, oh, Rubio's on the board? Yeah, David would like that. Yeah, he, he would Definitely. really like that. But that was his pick. The one thing before we get into the Thunder, because that's the next team I want to move to, I want to ask you one last thing about the T-Wolves. Sure thing. I have said it on past fast breaks coming into this upcoming season. I think the T-Wolves make a jump this year. I think they are a playoff team Bold. if it is even the eighth seed. Can we see a playoff? Do you see a playoff seed from this T-Wolves team this year? There's there's a very good chance they make that jump. They had what like 29 wins last year. Uh, obviously not fantastic, but we saw the growth out of Towns. Uh, Dang is underrated. I think that mm-hmm. man is, is a stat filler. He does everything they need him to. He's quite good. Uh, Wiggins at the end of the year, if you look at his stats from beyond the uh, All Star game, very very impressive. So 
I, I want to see this Timberwolves team hit that playoff stride. I don't know. This year feels like it's too early. Like, mm-hmm. It feels like things are all clicking. We're going in the right direction. But I don't know if I see them as a playoff this year. Well, and the only reason why I see them as a playoff team is because of that Southwest. We talked about it before. You guys can check out. I think that was two weeks ago. We looked at the Southwest. You're someone, just hating on Houston. Someone from that Southwest. It could even be the Grizzlies. could even be the Mavericks. Somebody's falling out. And I think someone I think, from the Northwest fall comes in. However, we're going to get to it in a little bit. Yeah. You think there's a team in this division that could fall out. It's not going to be the Thunder who we're going to look at right now. And I hope I'm not doing what I did X amount of weeks ago, Dave, where in pre-podcast, Dave says, oh, I've got this great quote. He hits it up. I have oh, it no, my, this is even I, a great quote. I have it on my screen, and then I go, oh, Dave, could you tell us about that quote? And Dave's like, I don't have it on my computer. I hope I'm not doing that to you this time, but you no. said you have a quote from uh, no, it's just Thunder it, it's from just Reddit. simple and easy. It, it was they were talking to Enos Cantor mm-hmm. about you know the Thunder this year and uh, leadership questions of Westbrook. And he just came out and said, he's like, look, Westbrook was our leader last year, too. Like, this is nothing new for them. They didn't change anything. He has always been the leader of this team. Look, I understand that Kevin Durant and Westbrook were, like, best friends, best buddies, and, like, everyone on the team. Like, I feel like they were, like, the Thunder Mm -hmm. were, like, an extended college team. Like, they all hung out at each other's houses. They played video games together. Like, Mm -hmm. it was an awesome environment for young talent in the NBA. And even, like, Serge Ibaka was talking about how much – uh, it helped him like fit in with the team that he could like live at Kevin Durant's house for like chunks of time and like literally would just hang out. They're friends, but friends is one thing and a leader is something else. And Russell Westbrook is that leader of this Thunder team, and there's no question in my mind that they have any issues with that. Like no one on the team is going to question him. Well, it's I think this is a situation, and I mean we could look back to when Durant actually left. Like, this wasn't a type of situation when LeBron left Cleveland. Cleveland had Cleveland was fucking nothing. Their hands up in the air like, It was basically a barren wasteland where you just saw tum- one tumbleweed. Well, and burning LeBron jerseys. Through. And burning LeBron jerseys. But they had nothing. No, I mean, it's the, also Cleveland, so Thunder, it's not like they had a lot to start with. The Thunder had... They, they still have a lot. They've got oh, yeah. Russell Westbrook, who, like you said, can be like saying that he can be a leader for this team, I think is me slapping him in the face. It is, because he is he a leader. He is a leader of this team. You have Steven Adams, who him and Enos Cantor, I believe I saw it today. I think it was a Bleacher Report article while I was flipping through my Facebook when I first woke up. Mm-hmm. And the article, the headline said, like, Cantor and uh, Adams forming the best bromance in the NBA. I'd love to see it. I know they've, there's there's some good, uh, I think, Instagram videos or Vine videos. Good, uh, Instagram and, uh, of them singing in the car. Yeah. yeah they're, they're buddy-buddy. And look, it, it's great that the environment in that city is still, they're all really positive. They picked up Oladipo this mm-hmm. offseason with, with a very smart trade. So, look, they're not stepping off. Obviously, they've got a gaping hole at small forward. Kyle Singler is not the answer. We all know that. He, he's, a, he's a waste of space. But they built up correctly. Like they've got they're they're actually a really deep team. And I, I know we've talked about our draft, like our favorite guys in the draft. And mm-hmm. Sabonis was one of mine. And I think that this is again, it's a great pickup. We're gonna see him pull some playing time. I think eventually what we're gonna see is we're either gonna see they could do either one of two things. They could either either have Robertson kind of go yeah, out to I the could small see him going forward small forward, yeah. Because they trust him and last year in the playoffs he had 
a he was starting to become his own from my eyes because I didn't yeah. watch Thunder games every single night like I would do my fandom of the Chicago Bulls. Fair or enough. I could see him going if they're like, yeah, you know what, maybe Robertson wouldn't be good there. Maybe putting Ilyasova at the small forward spot as soon as Sabonis, they feel like he's ready to take over the four. As much as I want that to happen, Roberson has the size and the athleticism to play the three. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's no question there. Ilyasova would be a liability on defense. He he does bring you know a decent not not a full stretch, but you know signs of being a stretch for. Really, the question is, you know, how often are they going to go to that double big lineup of Adams mm-hmm. and Cantor on the floor? I love watching it. I think it's one of the most dynamic changes that they kind of bring because it is a matchup nightmare. It pulled them up 3-1 against the Warriors before Clay went off. It, it really is a matchup nightmare, and I don't think my teams have an answer to it. So I, I think we're going to see a lot of fun out of this Thunder team. They're still going to be still, top in the Northwest. I still think they're they're a playoff team lock, absolutely. And they're going to figure out what to do with that starting lineup and how to get those rotations in because, like I said, they're deep, but uh, mm-hmm. they've got options. And now I want to move on. This is a team that before I ask you the question that I have, because before we started recording the podcast, you said something that kind of shocked me with this team. I didn't expect someone to go you. that way. But I want to, I can't remember which commenter it was, but we had a commenter comment something about, I want to say it was our point guard rankings, and I just wanted to make this clear. There was um, a comment talking about Damian Lillard and his like clutchness. Yep. Where, about they, Dame. It wasn't just Dame. It was like, oh, this would, Kyrie is this, Steph is this, Dame is this. One thing I want to say is Dame is pretty damn clutch. Like that was my my yeah, point that I made a, take away. from that comment was, Dame is pretty clutch. Like, go back to the playoff series when he needed to put it on the line fucking against the Rockets. No hesitation. He, he can hit the game-winning shot. Yeah. So, I mean, that was just me defending my boy Dame a little bit. I know Lillard, a big fan of the podcast, big fan of the you show. You know you're listening. Dame, we're always thinking about you. But now let's get into what you said pre-podcast before we hit the record button is you think Portland's going to fall off? And not I be do. a playoff team this year. I think they're. I think if we're looking at this division, they have the biggest chance to fall off. They they finished last year forty four and thirty eight. They were good, and we all the the emergence of CJ was huge for mm-hmm. this team. He he stepped in and just lit it up for everybody. But again, it's that okay. You you've shown us everything you've got. How how well is that going to balance out next year? Because you have a starting lineup that has some deficiencies in in the paint and you know you got a lot of depth but not a lot of guys who are I'm super confident in. Look, you got Plumley, Leonard, Festus Azili, Noah Vonley at center, and the power forward Aminu, Dad Davis, and Harkless. Like, I'll be honest, I'm not super happy with any of those. Like, yeah, they're fillers. They're okay guys, but not one of them is one you're gonna hold down on. And obviously this team I know Portland fans are like, yeah, it doesn't matter. We've got one of the best backcourts in the league. I'm like Yes, but, but I that can think, only take you so far. Yeah, and I think there's a very good chance that CJ won't put up another 21, 3, and 4 season next year. I think he's going to step back a little bit down to reality. I don't want to take anything away from him. It was a phenomenal year, and he definitely deserves everything he got, but I don't I don't know if he's going to be that good again next year. I, I look at this Portland team, and I think they, I, I want to say they're good enough for the playoffs because if I just look last year— yeah, Warriors are still ahead of them. The Spurs are still ahead of them. Thunder, probably, 
probably, even though they lost Durant. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's not that no, huge I the thunder out of them. They yeah. still have Westbrook. They still have Adams. They still have Cantor. They only lost Durant, which is a huge hit, but it's not as big of a hit. We already talked about that, right. though. I don't have to restate that. The Clippers, I still would have them ahead. All the teams underneath, I mean... One of the teams I expect to come up this year. The Jazz. The Utah Jazz. That's what you were going to say. I know. Yeah. And I, I can read your mind, Dave. I know. This is what the we be- do. The best friend uh, wavelengths are uh, Absolutely. working here. But, I mean, I... We'll I feel get... like the Jazz are a dark horse for Portland. And unless they got a big to stand up, look, Leonard has a chance. We all know that Festus, we know what he did on a loaded team top to bottom and the impact he brought to them. But coming off, if he stays healthy... My thing is Leonard. He needs to step up. Here's here's the question I have for you then. Yeah. So you think the Jazz are going to finish with a better record? I think they pose record. the highest threat to stealing that spot. Let's say they do finish with a higher record than the Blazers. Yep. Do you think the Mavericks, Grizzlies, and Rockets are all going to move ahead of the Blazers as well? I think the Rockets can. I don't think that the Grizzlies will, and I probably don't think that... <laughs> Rick Carlisle will take this Mavericks team to another playoff. So that means seventh, seventh or eighth is still open for it's the It's possible. It's possible. So what, so that's, what, that's I, hard to admit. what I should say is Dave doesn't think the Trailblazers are going to fall out completely. I just don't think they'll be number two in the Northwest. Or five in the, five in the yeah. conference. I'm, I'm a little high on Utah. I think that they've—can can we, can we roll on? Are we good with Portland? Well, the, only, Portland people? the only thing with Portland is the the Myers Leonard discussion. I mean, we talked about this in our six man discussion. Is he was injured last year, and if we Missed go back time, to, yep. I mean, he's never been the starter. But to be honest, who was there before him? Yeah, Lamarcus A. Yeah. So there was no way he was going to start shoes. over Lamarcus A. But I mean, if we look at last season, I mean, yeah, he only played sixty one games, but. He had, if he can give me a little bit more points and haul in a little bit more rebounds, maybe like put that 8.4, I'd even take 10 or 11. I really, I'd like 12. It's a shot that's impressive though. Yeah. Like that, that's what he brings to the table that makes him valuable. And I really like, I really like Myers Leonard and I'll be completely Homer biased. It's because I loved watching him play for my Illinois Fighting Illini. Of course. It was great seeing finally an Illinois player taken in the first round of the draft. And I could say, yes, we have somebody. It's been a while since Darren Williams. It's been a while since <laughs> I le- Yeah, it's been yeah. a while. But let's move on. to we can, we can roll on to the Jazz. I'm sorry, Portland fans, but that was the main thing. Like y- You have the best backcourt. Your frontcourt is kind of eh. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, I like Pumley, I like Leonard, but what can they? They can't hold down the fort all themselves. Yep. I think they're a playoff team. I think they're a playoff team. I'm just not quite sure. I don't know what we're going to see with the mess, which is the Work bottom itself half out of from the, five to eight in yeah, playoff picture. The, the mess, I call it. And the sure. Jazz are a team that I've said on past podcasts. I mean, they were close last year to the playoffs. They can make it this year, and they may have to make it. Because they got a guy in Gordon Hayward that uh, could be getting sniped by some teams, maybe even the Celtics. Yeah, the, the Celtics were talks. The, the 76ers were talks. There's a lot of teams interested in I Gordon think the Hayward. Ce- the Celtics are the team because then Gordon Hayward gets to play with his old coach from college. I mean, that would be nice. The Butler-Butler connection. But y- you're, Look, you're apparently high on the Jazz just because you have them overtaking the Trailblazers. I do. I do. Look, they have talent across the board. They've had a lot of people grow, and they're a deep team. My big thing is... Hayward has been doing it like year mm-hmm. in year out. I, I love him, but honestly, 
look, let's be honest. Derek Favors is making that step. Rudy Gobert was fantastic last year. And you bring in Joe Johnson to bring that veteran leadership on this team. Uh, it's it's the right move. And George Hill even. Look, the two, the two guys they filled in, George Hill, Joe Johnson, there were the two problems last year. So now their starting five is Hill, Hayward, Johnson, Favors, and Gobert. That's really, really good. Like You can't argue that. Gobert is primed to take off this year. Derek Favors was dominant down low. Joe Johnson, okay, he's older, but he brings that veteran savvy in the same way that like a Luol Deng. And he actually, both of them, of course, thanks Miami uh, for letting, <laughs> just clearing house there. Uh, Gordon Hayward looked stud, just that easy. And Hill is, is a vast improvement. And then on the bench, you still got Rodney Hood. Up and coming, dropping buckets. He is that just, he just dumps points in. I like this team. I think that they, if they don't make the playoffs this year with like 45 wins, I expect 45 minimum. Uh, it's only a five win difference from last year. They got to get better on the road, obviously. But look, they've got all the talent they need to be a playoff team and be a legit threat because I, I really do like the combo of Favors and Gobert. I think Hayward is a stud. Uh, I, I don't know what else I can say about this team. I'm really, really a huge fan of them going forward. Yeah, and I mean, the one guy I kind of look at, and I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see, because George Hill comes in, right? he's going to be the starter, but now a Dante Exum, and I, I kind of feel like it was one of those things where maybe you were asking too much of a young kid who he had had some injury questions, some injury concerns, and now it's like, hey, you know what, you can ju- like, just be our backup be good enough to be our backup. And really, I look at, like, can he step up more so from the, I mean, he averaged 20, in 22 minutes last year. No, two was, years ago. He was, or two years ago, he was averaging five a game and just under two rebounds a game. So he even missed in it, entire it was like five, season. two and two, yeah. So now coming back from injury, it's like, you know what? We don't need you to rush back. Just be our backup right behind George Hill. Yeah, no, I think it's a good position for him. And because of Rodney Hood's versatility, I think that kind of covers up for some of that, uh, the downcomings or the, or the possibility that Dante Axon maybe isn't the, the final solution mm-hmm. at point guard for them in the future because Hood is a versatile player. So, so you're saying, let me let me make this correct. Let you me be clear. Put, let me be clear. Let me be clear, Dave. Let me be clear that you would put Rodney Hood as a backup point guard. Uh, I'm just in, saying wait, he's versatile enough. In, you got... in case Exum can't go and you don't have to go with Shelvin Mack. <sighs> no, I like Mack better. As a, he's a better distributor. He's got better court vision. Hood is too quick to chuck. Um, but look, that's God. Yeah, I like this team. Uh, it's it's. Pure depth at shooting guard because you got Hayward, Hood, and then even Alex Burke. So they've got a lot of guys. They've got all the talent they need in the starting five. They've got that good mix of veterans and younger talent. Like all the stars seem to line up that this should be a playoff team that's going to compete. I don't know if they can compete against the best in the the best team on paper that Mm -hmm. we've ever seen in existence, but they're going to be good. I can tell you that they're going to be good. Here's the last question before we move on into the last team we've got to touch for this division in the Denver Nuggets. I'm going to break down this for you. Let's say the Jazz don't make the playoffs this year. If they do not make the playoffs, does Gordon Hayward opt out this year? It's hard to say because he's got a play. He's got a player option to play one more. 
Hay- Hayward is playoffs, one of those guys. Ugh. Is he loyal enough to Utah that even if they don't make the playoffs, would he opt in? If they make the playoffs, I think it's easy. He opts if, in. If they don't make the playoffs and it's not because of some catastrophe of an injury, there I, I would leave if I was Gordon Hayward. I'll be honest, I would. And where would you leave? Because to? you got Rodney Hood start, behind you, and then you know the you know there's no love lost. They're mm-hmm. gonna go with Hood because he's younger. Well, they've got Hood and Burks. That's what I'm saying. Both like behind you. Like, look, as special as Gordon Hayward is, mm-hmm. the franchise is already stacked at the position, so they're not overly attached. Of course, they're gonna try everything they can to keep him. But if I was him, I would take my money and walk. If I don't make the playoffs, can we start the uh, Hayward to Boston chance? You really want that to happen, don't I, you? If he leaves Utah, I would love to see him back with. I think it's the perfect fit because it's a coach that he knows. And man, it like the thing with Boston. I don't want to make this an Eastern discussion again. But so what? They you, could, Bradley they, goes. Well, if they could grab a guy. Yep. If they could grab a guy like Hayward. Yep. And right now, I kind of think like the Celtics are that team where it's like, oh, we're good to be in the playoffs, but. We might need that one, not superstar, because Al Horford, you could kind of say, is a superstar. Isaiah Thomas is more superstar that, than Al Horford. But that I'm sorry one at this talent point. to take you above and beyond and maybe form your own official big three, because that seems like the thing now yeah. for the NBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they've got a young guy in Jalen Brown who we all need to see how he pans out. Let's see. I'm not really high on Jalen I know, Brown. but he was a top pick for a reason. The guy's built like a stud. He's an athlete through and through. He's got the physicals that you need to be a top-level player in the NBA. He needs to well. He needs to build up his game, though. I'm no not, question I'm in not that. saying they're the same, Dave, but, you know, Be Easy was the top. Top, top, uh, top be easy. I uh, <laughs> couldn't couldn't put down the Dutch. It, right? it, it's like you you said to me today before the podcast, and this was just bull fan to bull fan. Yep. Was could you imagine how our franchise would have been different if we would have went with uh, be easy instead of D Rose? It would be very different. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't even know. Could like, you imagine just be bizarre. D Wade and D Rose? What that would have been like? No knees in Miami. No well, knees. Well, the big three. It would have been exactly like the Celtics. Yeah. And Derrick Rose would have been Rondo. It would be interesting. Would have been would have Rondo. Been but let's move on to the last team in this division, the Denver Nuggets. And before the one thing I left off on the Jazz that I kind of want to bring into this and kind sure. of ultimately bring it into our rankings for this week um, when we're done with the Nuggets is. The most interesting thing with these two teams are their coaches to me. Yeah. Because with the Nuggets, you got Mike Malone, who um, entering his second year with the team. Quinn Snyder, a guy in Utah that Sean in his rankings was very high on. Yeah. Very high on. And the reason why I wanted to touch these two now is we're not going to touch them in the rankings because we're mostly going to focus on that top, top 10, 10 in that yep. segment. But I feel like with the Nuggets, this is Mike Malone where it's like, hey, you know what? You got to do something. With this young talent, and for Quinn Snyder, on the other hand, it's like, hey, you got to make the playoffs, man. Not no, a, I, I not a necessarily agree. like for Quinn Snyder, it's not like, a, oh, if you don't make the playoffs, you're going to get fired. But for me, before I could put you higher on my rankings, you got to show me a little bit something, something. For Mike Malone, it may be, hey, you got to show me what you can do with this team, or else you may not have a job here next year. I am in the same line of thinking. I think that he is on a hot seat right off the bat. This is a team that, again, they, they had a lot of draft picks, a lot of good draft picks because they weren't very good for a mm-hmm. long time. Uh, Danila stepped up huge last year. He jumped his point total up because of injuries around the rest of the team. Gave him that chance. He became the numero uno scoring option. Uh, Jokic, stud. Like We watched him grow so much in one year, and I think that he is 
trying to make the case that he's going to be one of the best centers in the league by the end of this year. Uh, I like the team, but I don't know if they're going to be very successful. Again, I just don't feel like Moutier is the right answer. I feel like I feel like he's a bust. I'm going I'm to go ahead and say he, in my mind, he will be a bust. I don't think he's ever going to develop to the expectations that I want him to be. Freed, he's a beast down low, but between him and Gallinari, like, they don't have a very good balance. Let me ask you one thing about Moutier. You say that you think he's going to be a bust. Yep. And the first thing he's I 20. think of... It's rough. Well, the first thing I kind of think of is he was a guy that, instead of going to college, went to play overseas. Do you think that guys who are from the U.S., if they if Moutier ends up being a bust, do then they see that as, you know what, I can't go overseas because if I go overseas... It's not the same thing as like a Ricky Rubio who has already played there and he's been there. I got to go to college because that's my better route. No, to I, the think, pros. I think the overseas was an interesting move. I think he grew more as a person than he did as a basketball player. Well, though. he had to grow up. He was living in a foreign country a without foreign country you know, didn't know the language exactly, and that's that's rough on anybody as a nineteen year old. That that's incredibly rough. But I I think that it's his game hasn't developed as much. Yeah, he he, you know, was at like thirteen six and three. I think mm-hmm. was his stat line average last year. Uh, but he was only shooting thirty six percent from the field, thirty one percent from three. And honestly, I think that it's just going to come down to he's going. He's not going to continue developing. I think that what we see out of him now is what he's going to be. He's going to be a low teen score. He's going to get you just over like between five and seven assists a game, mm-hmm. and that that's it. He's he's not a spectacular stud like I want. Like I saw highlights from him in high school. I saw highlights from him overseas, and he looked like a stud. He looked like he would actually come in this league and be game changing. And in the NBA, I have been disappointed. Whether it's he doesn't have the same spark, or the same quickness necessarily, mm-hmm. but it's the guys around him that make the biggest difference too. Well, and I look at this team, and the one draft class I can't help but think about is the Gary Harris draft class mm. because that was the year. Maybe it's I think about that because that draft class is linked with my Bulls. It's linked with Dougie McBuckets. Yeah. Um, well, our, I should say our Bulls. I'm sorry, sure, Dave. I'll sure. include you. Our Bulls. We both play on the Bulls. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, bench players. I mean, I don't get many minutes, but I mean, I, oh, could, I could throw down. I think we both decide we're all equal to Kyle Singler yeah, yeah, we're when it comes to NBA-level talent. I, I, I could throw down if you— uh, if you need me to, but the kind of ah, just that draft class of, I think those players that they traded and Gary Harris is the guy I'm putting ahead of that. Cause he was the highly ranked one coming out of that draft class for the nuggets. And maybe this year it's a, you need to step up because they could have taken a guy like Dougie McBuckets and just had him, but they drafted him, traded him for the bulls to get more picks from the Bulls. Gary Harris is better than Doug McBuck, because I don't know what you're talking about. Dude is shooting 46% from the field, and I, I think he just needs to continue growing. I don't I don't see him having a problem. Like, he went, his minutes jumped. He went from 13 minutes to 32 minutes. His shooting percentage, better. That's a good mm-hmm. sign. Like, that's, well, when you see players who, like, are about the same across the board, it's just, oh, increase in minutes mm-hmm. equals increase in, like, points. And it's like an even one-to-one like that's that's I think Isaiah Thomas had Let that me, where you knew like there was something good about him because mm-hmm. it, it didn't change it didn't change the way he played the game that he got more time he wasn't 
a lot of time with bench players, they're greedy because they want their chance. Yeah. They know they have a let, limited opportunity. Let me put it this way. Like, last year was the year for Gary Harris where he made that jump from 13 to 32. Mm-hmm. This is the year where I need to see, can you be that guy where I look at that position and I go to the Nuggets. Okay, they're good. They're solid. I need that just that yeah. last. He, he will bit, be the staple at that, that position for the next last couple bit years. Of progression. Okay, to put you into that spot of cool. You're a solidified Fair starter and, on this. And team. he does have a lot of room to improve. Still, I'm not saying like he, he's mm-hmm. a bona fide like legit stud at shooting. Yeah, guard. but I. But on as my a, end, I could see I, it yeah. kind of sounded like I was kind of writing him off you did. a little bit. Yeah, where? And I wasn't trying to do that. <laughs> it was just one of those things where I just need to. I want to no, see. No, I think Gary Harris is their guy. I think he's their guy at shooting guard. I don't think they have anything to worry about there. Because, I mean, I look at the draft class and it was, uh, no. it was I'm trying to find the other two. I mean, Dougie was the one that they traded to the Bulls. They had Jokic, who, I mean, we hear so much in the comment section yep. from Nugget fans about Jokic. Yep. But then I think, when's that going to turn into, like, when's it going to turn into something? Yeah. Is this team missing the right head coach? Which, I mean, <laughs> to speak about Mike Malone, I don't think... I said at the beginning, like, oh, this could be the year he gets fired, but the only reason I would think that is because bad teams usually stay in that cycle of, oh, we're not winning, we need a new coach. Oh, we're not winning, we need a new coach. And they just continue that cycle. Yeah, they cycle. turn over. However, I look at what he did before Denver, and I can't blame him for his time in Sacramento <laughs> because he went 28-54 and 54 year one. That was 2013-2014. And then 24 games into 14-15, he gets canned by the Kings. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a shit situation, and we all know the— Probably the, for the better for him, though. The little boogie asterisks that you can put yeah, absolutely. next to that, because then Corbin took over, but then got quickly re- replaced by George Carl, who's now replaced by Jaeger. See that cycle? It's still yep. continuing to go there in Sacramento. And that's why they've got five centers in Sacramento. And that's why— Den- they don't know what they're doing. And that's why Denver, it's like... But you want to push that shooting guard position because your boy. Your boy is riding the pine pony right now. Well, yeah, my boy. Jamal Murray. Well, th- give, th- give us your thoughts. That's the thing. And here's the thing. I'm looking... If you look at Real GM, I believe they have him as a shooting guard. They do. But if you look at ESPN's depth he's a chart, point. he's a point guard. Yeah. And that's one, of the, that's one of the beautiful things is he's so diverse. I think they play him more as a point guard. And the reason why but they, I say that is... But they is, got Jameer Nelson. But they got Will Barton. So is he going to be the third shooting guard or the third point guard? I think he's both. Uh, it's yeah. going to be interesting with Jamal Murray because they're so... You think he's... You think I, I know the, the shooting is different, but like Jordan Clarkson, where he has that ability to go back and forth, he can be your primary ball handler, but he's better as a two-man. Yeah, that's exactly... Like, because you think about... Who did he have as his point in Kentucky last year? Tyler Eulis. Yeah. yeah, he's a stud. Yeah, Tyler Eulis. You know, you know my feelings about Tyler Eulis. He's Ulis. the fucking point guard. Let Jamal Murray and the Blue Arrow kind of shoot from the outside. I'm more confident in Jamal Murray shooting from the outside. Yeah. He's just got to hit those shots. No, absolutely. Absolutely. He gets hot. He's hot. Mm-hmm. But he's got to get it going early in the season. Any Before we get into the closing this up, any final thoughts on this division that you think we missed? No, I feel I feel like we gave everybody their fair chance, and uh, we're we're gonna see some interesting things happen with Minnesota trying to jump teams. And mm-hmm. I feel like Utah gonna jump a team, but uh, at the end of the day, it's still OKC. Like the loss of KD, the loss of a top five player in the league, and they're still gonna win this the 
Absolutely. They're well, going to win. Now to hit you with the hard question to close it out. Yeah. Possible playoff teams from this division. Who do you see getting in? We've done it for every division. It's uh, What teams do you see getting in the playoffs? It's going to be OKC, Utah, and Portland. I got Minnesota a year out. I got Denver two years out tops. I just, I don't think, I, I want to see more from Denver still. I think they're going to be bottom of this division this time around. Uh, Minnesota, right direction, just one year away. At the moment, and I got to put a little disclaimer because the NFL fans didn't really get this. Uh-huh. Until the, until the regular season starts, you can make amendments to kind of predictions and stuff. And Fair this enough. Is like, this Hold is them er- to it. This is early. This yeah, is like not started. even the, this isn't even the hold us to them. Yeah. Right now I I want to lean towards four teams. I want to lead towards four. four. I want to lead towards Oklahoma State or Oklahoma City. Yeah. Portland. Yeah. Minnesota and Utah. All four of them getting in. But that Minnesota team. I think what we could see right now I'm thinking four from the Northwest, two from the Pacific, two from the Southwest. Wow. That means two teams between Dallas, Memphis, and Houston don't make the playoffs this year. Wow. Not going to say who, because I don't know who, and I don't want to think about it and talk through it, but that's what I'm thinking right now. I think I'm going to go four teams from the Northwest. King of the North, Dave. Bold choice. King of the North. Bold King of the choice. North. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know down below in the comment section what you guys think of this division, what do you think about any of our teams? Is it still weird that OKC's in the Northwest? Like, I yeah, just want to toss no, it, it out is. there. It like, is. come on, Seattle. They, like, I, they should be in the Southwest. Can we rebalance that? Is that a thing? You know what I really think? I think the NBA should do a, an just NHL type, like, Only conferences, just, no divisions? Well, not just that, but, like, they did a just rehash where they just went, here's the new divisions and yeah. that moved Detroit from the west to the east. Oh, I know. And that uh, didn't sit right with everybody. I did one of those. I'll be honest. I did one of those. I didn't put it to paper, but Mm -hmm. I think, fuck it. I think I may do it for the website because there were some fun things where you can move teams from the east to the west to make some interesting rivalries. But yeah, the OKC should not be in the, they shouldn't be in the northwest anymore unless they're going to go back to Seattle. We want one more, one unless, more team in Seattle. Unless we could, uh, we need. So we need to balance it out. Let's uh, let's add another team in the East. Give give it to some random city. In the Northwest, you mean? Like give the Northwest some random city? No, I'm just saying we need we need an extra you know team in each. You know, you gotta keep it balanced. You can't have an odd number of teams. Well, we gotta move on, and this is you guys tell us down below what you guys think of your favorite teams if they're in this division. If not, and you just love the NBA, let us know what you know down below in the comment section as well. But we're moving on into some coaching rankings. And before we get into it, I got a little uh, announcements to make for you. Number one, down below in the description, you can see our full 30-team ranking for every head coach in the NBA. However, me and Dave are only going to look at, we're going to look at the top 10 with maybe we have three coaches who fell outside that we're going to touch before we get into that top 10. But the big announcement I wanted to make for you guys is the rankings are not done here and most valuable podcast or with the fast break. What we are going to do is based on all of the rankings that we have done thus far, they we're going to award the same point values like we've done for all these rankings. Each team is going to be ranked depending on where they had each of their players fall. Starting five, six man and head coach all together. Mm-hmm. 
And, and we'll give you those final rankings next week. Well, it's going to be split up into three. Starting The next, next week. three weeks. So yeah. we're going to do 30 to 21, then 20 to 11, and then the top 10. So we still have We still have three more weeks. And I love this because it kind of puts into a – it brings up some interesting conversations. Should teams be better based teams. off the players they have mm-hmm. and they're not performing maybe? Mm-hmm. Maybe. And that's what we're going to look into next week. But this week we've got coaches and – you guys can see the full rankings down below, but Dave, three guys who were not in our top 10 that I want to kind of touch on before we get into the top 10. Absolutely. Luke Walton, yeah, Tyron Lue, LeBron James, and Billy Donovan. And Billy Donovan, who outcoached one of our top 10 coaches mm-hmm. in a series. So, impressive, sir. I think, that, I think that Walton and Donovan, you could make a case for both of them to be in your top 10. I think Donovan needs to be in the top 10 this year. I agree with you. I only hesitated to put him in the top 10 because it was how much it was of this, one year. It was one year, and how much of this was someone else's team? He came in and really didn't do a lot of changing, and I feel like that kind of takes something away from it. Look, we saw what Scotty Brooks did with his team. Should have beat the Golden Boy Warriors. And I think it's the choking Game after game. Did they? Well, they choked. Here's the way. I don't blame them for... I don't blame Billy Donovan for the choke part because, let's be honest, the only reason they lost was Clay Thompson went off and then that just sparked the Well, that was one of them. Well, that was the one that But a good head coach should be able to rally the troops. You should be able to clear your players' heads. You should be able to decide who's taking the final shot. That that team had a lot more problems than And that's why I can't put him higher. I I love Billy Donovan. I think if he continues to do what he did last mm -hmm. year, then he is definitely in there running for top 10. But one year and watching his team crumble at the end of the playoffs— that's a that's a final image that I don't it doesn't easily well, fade. It goes back to what they used to tell you in school is hey, remember when you're listening to a presentation, you're gonna always remember the beginning and the end. Yep. The middle is gonna be the part that you don't really remember. The guy who I think shouldn't be in the top ten, and I'm glad he's not, is Ty Lu. Ty Lu. Because you could also make the he had one year, well, half a year. Half a year. And it's not even like He's not even the coach. LeBron's the head coach. LeBron's been the head coach. LeBron's always the head coach. Well, no. LeBron's the head coach. Yeah. In Cleveland. LeBron's the head coach. LeBron's the GM. LeBron is everything to that town. LeBron runs Cleveland. He does. He does. Um, He just planted his flag. And and look, LeBron's made some great calls as a coach. Like, he got them (laughs) through those playoffs. And, I mean, no no discredit to step over, but that man ain't a coach. So, really, he should be. If if, if we got to use LeBron James, (laughs) I think LeBron James would have been in the top 10. But unfortunately, Mm -hmm. we are ranking the officially listed head coaches. Yep. Ty Lue's name is up there. And you got to give him credit. Yeah, they won a championship. That's why you're as high as you are, Ty Lue. Mm -hmm. But you're not a top 10 coach. You ain't going to out coach anybody. This is purely your writing on the back of the greatest talent in this generation. What about, and this is the last one before we get into the top 10. What about Luke Walton? Because Luke Walton, the man without I, I, a win to hey, his name, hey, but the man people was people it 30 are going, games. Mm-hmm, people are going to be uh, saying, "Ricky, you're crazy." I hit him top five. Yeah, I Ricky, hit him and Donovan top five. Yeah, Ricky, coming you into are this crazy. Year. Coming into this year, top five. Why would Luke Walton be a top five head coach? I look at what he did last year, and uh-huh. yes, he like you can say all you want. He doesn't have a win to his name, but in my head, he's got some wins to his name. He's got some wins to his name. Yeah. And just what, like, usually when a team that has a head coach as good as Steve Kerr gets lost, 
usually you're like, oh, they're going to take a step back. They didn't take a step back. Like, and this wasn't a, they had Steve Kerr for games one, two, and three of the regular season. Yeah, he, he was out he for was the first out two months. He was the beginning of the regular season on. And, I mean, what Luke Walton was able to do kind of right, like, I kind of want to say right that shit, but basically he didn't fuck up. He kept their uh, their system rolling. But, That's all he did. He kept he kept the the and, boiler. He was just stirring it. And I think this is, I think this is a common theme of this podcast. I think of by me saying he didn't fuck up yep. as a slap in the face to Luke Walton because he exceeded. It's hard to he say exceeded that exceeded that mark. And it's also hard to say that it's not because the team didn't lose a game for well, for forever. Well, and what Sean I mean, said, and this is, I'm bringing in Sean, who's in Michigan. That Sean week. Anderson guy. He said that, well, he's had a loaded team. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, then let's take away the, we had Kerr and Pop too. Boom. Spoiler. Like, Pop is too. Oh, let's knock down Pop because the Spurs are just a system. They're just Pop's system. So, Pop's not that but great of a Pop's coach. it's Pop's system. That's what you said. It's not Kerr. It's Kerr's system. It's well, not Luke Walton's it com- system. It comes into the debate that we have with the Patriots of recently with their quarterback. It's Bill Belichick. It's Bill Belichick's system. But, hey, since Walton stepped into the system, they don't need Steve Kerr. They've got Walton. I just think for that team, Walton was good. I think that this year is going to be the barometer to see if I'm right Absolute. or wrong. Well, I... I Look, I want you to be right. I want Luke Walton to be a phenomenal head coach. I loved him in the NBA. I think he has a mind for basketball He's that in is a shit pretty situation, rare. Though. And by shit situation, I mean, here's what I mean by shit situation, all right, Dave. All right, I'll let you dig yourself He's out of this hole. He's got to get a top three pick this year or else he loses it. Right. That's so, a shit situation. Maybe they shouldn't have gotten rid of the tank commander. Like, that man's got some... Luke Walton would have went somewhere, though. Yeah, that's true. would have went to the true. Kings. They, they would have lost would have their opportunity. would have been a Kings coach if the Lakers didn't Would have went somewhere. But, uh, no, I, I think that is interesting that they're stuck in that. If they don't lose mm-hmm. damn near every game, they're not going to have a top three pick. They're not going to have a first round pick. So, it's it's scary. But I think they what they're probably going to end up doing is they're going to win enough games. They're not going to get a top three. Unless crazy odds, tinfoil hat conspiracy man shows up during the NBA draft lottery. And they're going to end up trading back into the first round for some veteran that they've got on their team. Who knows? Let's get into our top ten, though, right? Bring it. And the guy I want to start with is a guy that I know you want to start with. Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers. The man that you didn't even rank in your top ten. Had him at an 11. Straight up insulting. Well, and here's the thing. The reason why he fell out of my top ten is there's two, actually two reasons, and we talked about them two seconds ago. Yeah. Billy Donovan and Luke Walton being in my top ten. Yeah. And, like, it's interesting because, like, I'll, I'll be honest, the one guy I think I have ranked a little bit too high is uh, Buddenhoser. The one guy the outside one of the guy, two that are just total wild cards. I, I I think that I think Walton and Donovan are properly placed, Dave. I don't know what you're talking about. I think they're uh, properly placed. Fast Rick Nation, please five, please come at Ricky right four now. And five in my rankings. Please have my back. But the biggest knock I have on Doc Rivers, and the one thing I have to say, and this goes back to a conversation that me and Brandon even had when we talked college football rankings. Yeah, is all three of us have different criteria That's true. when we are ranking teams. I know you said to me you were you think more of okay, you take into consideration what they have done in the distant past. Well, that's because coaching is different than player rankings. Player rankings it was how did you do last season? How do we expect you to do coming into this season? Coaching is more so everything you've done is your legacy and your legacy matters every year. So 
I think that when we take a look at someone as established as Popovich, yeah, he's been doing it for a long time, but I, I think he deserves the credit for having the consistency behind it. It's different than players who, mm-hmm. given the flip of a switch, you know, maybe they're down a couple, maybe they're up a few. Coaching is like they're they're it's it's all based on legacy. That that's in my mind. Uh, here's my biggest knock against Docky Rivers. Docky Rivers, respect <laughs> the Doc Doc Rivers. Rivers. Um, my biggest knock against him is I will the furthest I will go back for these rankings. Like for most of them, I went back to I went back to last season. Like, okay, what did you do last season coming into this one? Because like I, you look back to Boston, it was a completely different team. It was than he has now with the Clippers. So. With a guy like Doc, I will look back at what he's done with that But team. isn't that more impressive that he succeeded in two different systems with two different rosters? Has he really, like, define succeeded when right. it comes to the Clippers? And success is an interesting thing to capture because it has a different meaning to everyone. Yes, Phil, they asked Phil Jackson this recently about You're no this longer team. bottom of the barrel. No, they asked <laughs> Phil Jackson about this recently. His response was a championship. You talk about his own Knicks team this mm-hmm. year. So I think when you think success in the NBA, championship is the ultimate goal. But playoffs, is not. there's nothing to be sad about. It's like Buffalo in the NFL when they went four years to the mm-hmm. Super Bowl. They never won, but that was a well, very successful team. And So I think you have to have the same mindset in the NBA. There's only one champion every mm-hmm. year. There's 29 other teams in the league. Yeah. You're telling me there's 29 other failures in the league? No. There are, there are about 10 successes. And then a lot of room to improvement. And here's where my where I kind of think that success is for me. Maybe it's because I'm not a Clipper fan. Clipper fans, you may just be happy not being the bottom. I don't of the think barrel they're not anymore. happy not winning championships. Well, it's not, I think they're happy that they have a good team and they've got you a can good roster cheer for. and they have a the chance. Thing, the thing they have I a look very at, good chance every year. That the Doc thing is there. I look at is like the furthest that they have gone under Doc is. They went to the second round in 2014, his second year, lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder, and then they went to the second round that next year in 2015, lost to the Houston Rockets in the second round. Other than that, first round exits to teams like Memphis and Portland. I mean, this last season you could kind of take it with a grain of salt because CP3 and Blake Griffin both went down, so they had some injury concerns there. Yeah. And I was sitting there with fucking grin on my face because I picked Portland in that series. Right. But I just I look at the time just when he's been in L.A. Mm-hmm. You haven't even gotten to a Western Conference Finals. Do you and, know the level of competition the Western no, 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 Conference? No, I know that. But when you look Jesus at the talent Christ. that's on that team, do you knock it a little bit? When you look at the talent that that's on that team. He's had some external circumstances, like you said, between injuries, mm-hmm. drama, whatnot. Um, I think that they have. So do we give them a, we're giving them a break, like a huge break for that? I don't think it's a huge break. I, I really don't. I think that this is a very good team, but they also have very exposable weaknesses in DeAndre Jordan. I think that between him and the lack of a stud at small forward, they have two weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Oh, Thankfully, though, thankfully, they have the best point guard, uh, like true point guard, true point yeah. in the league. In no Chris disrespect Paul. to Russ and Curry. No, no. I mean, they're both dynamic yeah. players in their own league, but it's it's honestly it's CP3. And then when you take a look, 
Blake Griffin, who started off as an athletic phenomenon, mm-hmm. has grown his game. He's gotten that shot down. He's become a better distributor. Even his right hook is better. His right hook is even better. Mm-hmm. He apologized for that. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> like, you've got those two great mm-hmm. guys, and you've got Truth coming off. And, like, look, this is a very good team. And as for success for me is how good of a chance do we have to win a championship? Every year Doc has been there, they have a good chance to win a championship. And that's what I look at. What about, and I'm going to move on into, I'm pulling this other guy into this conversation because he's a guy that I had ranked low. You think, like, after the rankings were in, Dave went, maybe I have this guy ranked too high. Yeah. Is a guy like Carlisle? Like, I had Carlisle at eight. Sean had him at six. You had him at five. Am I being too hard on Carlisle because I look at it and go, yeah, you're doing the most with what you got, but it's one of those things where it's like, what? But besides that championship you won over LeBron so yeah. long ago, what have you done for me lately? Like with so me, a lot ago. of these rankings How, is what years? have you done? I looked the past. I went two years mostly back. Okay, because to me, coming into this season, conveniently two years. Well, it's even if well because most of the coaches like Steve Kerr, I couldn't go back more than I know, two. I understand. And Unless I wanted to take that's in what the I'm Mark Jackson every, Warriors. Well, but you for, could say Lamar Jackson set the stage. But for a guy like Carlisle, a guy like Pop, a guy like Doc Rivers, you can go back. And, and that's and that's the case that I make. That's what mm-hmm. I see is I see where Rick Carlisle has been a staple in that city, and he has done so much with so little. They've never hit on that big guy to help Dirk. It's always been, what can we build around Dirk? And he finds these weird guys who are usually just like role players, and he somehow puts together a team like JJ that's Barea. competitive every year. And I'll be damned. I don't know how he does it, because I look at that team every mm-hmm. year, and I go, that's a shit team, and it's Dirk. Like, yeah, Dirk will carry him to some wins, but there's no way they should be competing for playoffs. And they do. And that's why mm-hmm. I, I give him that benefit, because... You don't see that out of every head coach. Not every coach can just take random leftovers and put together a playoff team. Well, and the one thing I also, this is me looking at my own personal rankings because I'm trying to figure out, okay, Dave's talking to me. Do I have Carlisle too low? But I look at everybody I have above there's a can, him. Look, there's none of these are locked in like yeah. 100%. There's a case we made for every but one I, of these guys. But in my mind, like, Kerr and Pop are definitely 1-2. Yeah. Like, for me, a, an interesting coach, I mean, this could even... Bridges into our top five a little bit. I know it's going to be his first year with this team, but I watched him for years, and he's a fucking phenomenal coach. Coach Thibodeau has to be in your top five, I believe. He's I a think, great coach. Like I think it's a little bit of homerism because well, we did. We are both. Let's Bulls be honest. Fans. If Derrick Rose didn't get injured, that Bulls team could have fought for a championship. Oh yeah. Let's be totally honest. If Derrick Rose doesn't bust his knee, no, I, I, I that don't Bulls disagree. Team, like Thibodeau could be hoisting the. Um, Larry O'Brien trophy. That could have happened. And I mean, with me, I am higher on Walton and Donovan for being like, I, I just think you give them, like, I think I it's interesting so how you give them credit. so much credit for what wasn't theirs. And meanwhile, you take away so much from other guys who are accomplished in the past. You're all about the hope and the upside. And I believe you, but well, I'm more about the, what have you done for me overall? And that's and, another thing for me going into, and this is why. I've had this argument with some of the other rankings, and I've been shot down just because with players it's different. Yeah. But I think with coaches, it's the most of what are you going to do this year? Yeah. And you can kind of say, take out like 
what you've done in the di- I don't I don't care. agree with that at I all. I don't care that you won a title ten years ago. Wow, because it was a, a different time. year. Well, that's like, like that's I, I, know we, I know we moved on from our boy, but I the one case I think makes your argument is like Doc Rivers. Mm-hmm. He had to leave Boston. Yeah, he no longer was effective well, as a head coach not, there. His I'm message didn't carry him. weight. Even though he won a championship and he kept them competitive. And I'm not knocking him for leaving. Right, no, but I'm, I'm saying, just saying like, I can't go back to that team right, for what this he's is. He's no longer the guy yeah. for the team. And now you've got guys mm-hmm. like Pop and like Spolstra, who we had at three, who have been, those are the two longest tenured coaches even, in the league. Even Coach Spo. Yeah, even I love Spolstra. Spo. The man got Spo- no credit for what he did. And then it's like we're watching him continue the success without the big three. And he's just pulling in guys and making things mm-hmm. work and making matchups play to his advantage. And, you know, Pat Riley's behind there, mm-hmm. like evil genius style. Yeah. I know, but, but Spolstra, Spolstra is the one on the floor calling his shots and it's coming up Spolstra. And let's be honest. The big reason why Carlisle is a little lower on mine is the Walton Donovan thing. If I take Walton and Donovan outside my top 10, Spolstra's at the four, at the four spot. Stevens is at the five and then Carlisle six. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, and I mean, it truly is interesting. But Thibodeau has the chance, mm-hmm. man. I, I know he had the chance in Chicago. Things didn't work out with his players. He comes into a loaded team, mm-hmm. loaded with talents, loaded with youth. A team he's got history with. How is he going to ruin their knees? I see. Whose career is he going to break? They're young enough. I mean, KG's not on the team, so. Yeah, K- KG smartly that. was maybe, like. Maybe Ricky mm. Rubio, because he's kind of the grandpa of the team. I think he's the oldest now, yeah. right? I, I, I believe that. I am really high on the T Wolves, and I am drinking that Kool Aid. But no, I think I. I mean, even even Sean had him at five, mm-hmm. so I, we all respect him. He look what he's done has proved this is this is my plan. Mm-hmm. This is gonna work. This is gonna get us to the playoffs and make us a competitive team. It is absolutely relentless defense and the attempt at efficiency on offense. I say the attempt at efficiency because Derrick Rose was like one of the least efficient point guards we've ever seen. But one of the most exciting players to watch. He was a superstar. He was. And, and that's, that's what it is. So now you've got a team where you've got young talent who can absolutely blow the top off this place, but they need that conditioning to become a defensive team. Mm-hmm. They need that control. They need to play with less carefree, less of that rookie youth like. We're just gonna go and we're gonna run with this ball all day. More direction. More direction. Thank you. Well, and the one thing, the one coach I want to ask about, and I'm trying to find the comment, and the comment I can't find, but I, I'm going to give him a shout-out because I know who it's from, yeah. from Riley. Yep. And I can't remember what video it was on. He basically commented, his first comment was like, oh, well, if Stevens isn't in your top three for next year, you're crazy. Mm. Is there? I'm not going to say top three. Is there a case for Stevens, like, Top five because he's in our top five. He's he is. Four. He's our four man. And I hit. I had him at seven. The but highest was Sean had him at four. He he's done really good work in Boston, mm-hmm. and I think that we give him due credit. And again, this is a guy who hasn't won a championship. We think he's got a very good shot too. He's made a lot of smart roster lineup changes to balance this team out because they do have a lot of deficiencies with some of their players are mm-hmm. so they excel so much in one area mm-hmm. but completely useless in others so he balances that lineup uh really well and plays matchups smart and i think that this is a team that finally you know they've put together a lot of pieces i still think they made some incorrect moves or they still need a couple more moves to put them into a championship picture but 
he is going to make this team work. Period. Like he knows how he knows how the game works. He well, knows how players work, and he is a player's coach. If there are two coaches for this year that were like Billy Donovan did it later than um, Stevens, that were college coaches that I was like right. they could make the move into the program pro game. Stevens and Billy Donovan yeah. were those two, and, and they both like, early success. I kind of want to not hold it against him when you say, well, he hasn't won a championship because in three seasons, did you expect him to turn around Boston into a championship team? Maybe I did. Did you? No. Like, no, I'm asking you for real. Like, did no, you I think, expect them? Like, I think one of the hardest things was letting Rondo go. Mm-hmm. And that kind of changed this whole franchise for me. Because and then that, Carlisle got him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> obviously he didn't want to play for Carlisle, who pretty much told him, fuck you, I quit during the playoffs and walked out of town, mm-hmm. came back. Now he's now he's one of my favorite Bulls. <laughs> But, uh, hey, he's going to make us a good team. Right? No, we're going to be playoffs. This Boston team, you use the adage, you know, why fish? Why, why take a fishing rod out when you can use a net? Mm-hmm. They just went wide scale. They tried to grab as many talented guys as they could, mm-hmm. and it led to you know the emergence of Isaiah Thomas on this team. They uh, Avery Bradley, huge, absolutely huge, and they've got a lot of they've got that mixed amount of bigs who are all good but not great. And thankfully, they went out and got Horford this past off season. So, look, they're they're moving in the right direction. Uh, I think the one question, the, move, the one move we all question is Avery, or not Avery Bradley, Jalen Brown. Yeah, in the draft, and then the other What's draft he picks turn into. It wasn't just Jalen Brown; it was all the draft picks they had that didn't turn into. Mm-hmm. Here's our goal. Here's our way. We're going to win a championship. Why aren't we moving these pieces for established vets? Why aren't we making that change? Like we saw Indiana do that. And now they've got a team loaded with veterans to support Paul George that looks like they can compete for the East. And McMillan, their head coach, 22 on their rankings, just throwing it out there. Meanwhile, you've got this Boston team who seems to be in no rush to go for a championship mm-hmm. because they're just, let's get seven guys in the draft, we'll put them all, you know, a development league, overseas, mm-hmm. bench, whatever it takes, and we'll just kind of, we'll, we'll wash it through. We'll see what comes up to the top. So, I don't know. I really do have a lot of faith in Stevens. I think he's done a great job with mm-hmm. what he's got, but I think that he's probably going to be disappointed because they're not going to get a ring this year, next year. I got two last coaches I want to throw out there because I kind of wanted to go Kerr pop direction. Yeah, I but mean, I, but I think Kerr's like Kerr is the definitive one just because I mean I know you could say you could make the argument oh well Mark Jackson had a good team, but Mark Jackson didn't get the same results. But Kerr made them exceptionally better. Yeah. He pushed them to a championship-level team. And he got more out of them than I think Mark Jackson expected. I don't think Mark Jackson saw Mm -hmm. what he had with some of these guys, notably your boy. Mm -hmm. Steph Curry. No, I would say the nut kicker. Oh, Draymond Green. Draymond Green, the dirtiest (laughs) player in basketball. The nutcracker would have been better, Dave. Yeah, well, he did kick. (laughs) Uh, The dirtiest player in basketball, but... Dirtiest player? I'll I'll do respect... I know Delvadova is up there. But, uh, <laughs> Are we going to go dirtiest player in basketball? But look, game? he's up there. He's up there. But he's also one of the best mm-hmm. at his position. He's a dynamic player, mm-hmm. and we didn't see him really get a get you know that full showing during the Mark Jackson time. Steve Kerr came in with this system, saw the talent he had, and he built his system around the talent. Mm-hmm. Look, I've got Steph Curry. I've got Clay Thompson. We're going to jack threes. We're going to jack threes, and we're going to be successful at it. You want to know why? I'm going to get bigs who down low are rim protectors and can just dish the ball out. I don't even care what else they do. Mm-hmm. Just defend the rim. Don't let anybody go and down. And then even let Draymond develop an outside game. Yeah. I mean, it, it's he saw the talent he had. He built a system around it and has been incredibly successful. 
And I don't think there's any way to take anything away from him. There really isn't. Uh, the only thing is his age. Like, mm-hmm. look, he's only been here for two years. He was obviously out for half of last year, or not half, but a good portion of yeah. last year. Meanwhile, at two, we got Pop. The man's been doing it for longer than anybody in the business. Well, and the thing with Pop that I just I like is it seems like he man he manages his players well. And by manages his players well, he doesn't care that oh we're playing in Cleveland. Cleveland fans coming in to see Timmy D. I don't care. He's resting today. Yeah. Uh, some of that was uh, giving the league the finger. Yeah. Some of that was for his players' benefit. A lot of it was because he had an aging team. Well, he I had mean, to know. Look at our rankings so far. Tony Parker lower. Manu lower. These older players are lower yeah. than what they would have been a few years ago when they had fresher, younger legs. Oh, absolutely. This is a team that has maintained its position at the top mm-hmm. of the Western Conference through a transition, through two transitions. You got to remember, all the way back to when the Admiral... Going into the Hall of Fame. Nice job there, sir. Mm-hmm. All the way through to this generation. Now you've got Kawhi and you got LaMarcus Aldridge as the captains, the owners of this team. And I honestly think that they've stayed relevant almost the entirety of that time. Mm-hmm. And it's thanks to Pop, who knows how to match his team, who knows how to bring in. I know their their talent development is fantastic. Their scouting, overseas talent, they're bar none the best in the league. So organization-wise... The Spurs are still the best organization, well run in the league. As far as coaching goes, Pop, he's still up there. The only reason I'm giving him that too is because he hasn't been able to win that championship in the last two years. And I think it's well. I mean, he's got the Warriors ahead of him, and I understand that. But which like, you're probably sitting there going, "Well, that's why Kerr's about above him." But he got out coached mm-hmm. in this last series. His, his last, my last vision of him, Billy Donovan, Billy D out coached him. him, and that kind of and. It's out coach, but it's also like you saw the players' health mm-hmm. failing. You saw the age of the yeah. Spurs truly hit. So I don't know. I mean, I respect the hell out of Pop. He's, he's one of the greatest coaches. I got two last coaches I want to throw out here, even though I said we're not going to focus on a lot of them outside <laughs> the top 10. I want to ask you about these two because one of them's your boy. And My gonna, boy. Well, your boy, Sean's boy. It's one of your boy. I can't remember. Yeah. You guys agree so damn much. Because it's a We Agree podcast. Jeff Hornacek. Hornacek. What, like, he was a guy in our rankings right smack dab in the middle area, he like 15-17 area. Here's the big thing about the Knicks, and they were talking about it yesterday on SportsCenter. Uh-huh. The quest for 50. Is it alive, and can Hornacek help them get to 50 wins? It's a great question. Honest answer, I don't know <laughs> if they can. He comes into a team with a lot of ego. How many games does Derrick Rose play? That's the question. How many? Well, no, how, no. It, how many games does that knee hold up for? Doesn't even matter. It's like Derrick Rose. I guess he sent a letter to yeah. Colin Kaepernick that said, "Hey man, I'd kneel if my knees let me." Oh shit, <laughs> that's that's terrible. Look, Hornacek walks into a team with egos out the door. Like, but he's got Joe, Carmelo Anthony, and Derrick Rose. But he's got both Joe. think they're like the greatest player in the league. <laughs> and you have Phil Jackson, who Phil is, Jackson uh, saying, "If you, success it, is a championship," <laughs> which. Yeah, I'm going to sweat that a little bit if I'm him. Fits right in in New York, though, with the New York media. Absolutely. And they've got one of the young rising stars in our boy Porzingad. Porzingad. Thank you for saying it right, by the way. Uh, Everyone keeps saying that wrong. It's They put a gist at the end. It's Porzingad. Porzingad. Jeez. Uh, He's got a lot to do this year. He's got a lot. The spark plug of Joe. Don't forget Joe. I'm just never going to mention him. (laughs) So they've got a lot of ego. They've got a lot of interesting pieces there. He's got to find a way to put it together. I don't it's, know about 50, but they can maybe make the playoffs. They should be able to win 40. Carmelo Anthony can mm-hmm. drag this team to 
15 wins on his own. Like he could put with you could a put, bad knee. You could put four Cal singlers out there with Carmelo <laughs> Anthony and win 15 games. I don't know if you can do that. I think you can. I don't know. And on the podcast, I have to get this reference in. Yeah. Frank Vogel. Got to talk magic. Magic. Got to get our magic We haven't had a chance in. to shit talk you yet. <laughs> well, here's my shit talk for Unfortunately, the you have a good coach. Ma- Mavericks, or not Mavericks, Magic fans, you have to thank Frank Vogel, write him letters that he's your coach. Yeah. Because if he was not your coach, you would be last in our in our team rankings. Yeah. He, so, he's your saving alert, grace. You're not last because of Frank Vogel, but- Really is the only thing this team's got besides 11, 10, 11 starters. Yeah, they got 10 starters, <laughs> 10 starters, 10 legit starters. Um, I love I love you, Magic fans. Uh, Frank Vogel is a great coach, I don't think though. Sean does. I don't think no. Sean likes him. I, I can't imagine why. <laughs> I mean, we'll, we'll have to ask him about that one day so we can finally unveil that mystery. Well, dude, they got Bismack. Bismack will bring them a ring, right? Absolutely. Frank Vogel, great coach, had a good run in Indy, unfortunately didn't lead to a championship. It seemed like... He just he wasn't should effective. F- should have been fired sooner than he was, well, yeah. I think. Uh, it was really the falling off mm-hmm. of their non-center. Oh, my God. Yeah, Hibbert. Oh, Roy Hibbert just disappeared. But um, I think like with this, Vogel, yeah. the big thing is you had a coach last year who I always saw him as the, you know, former Magic player, played point guard while Shaq was there during the 90s era. Wasn't really, uh, they had Scott. Scott Skiles. Yeah, I was know. I'm coach. just. Yeah, I saw you, you give me the face. I, I, I hear played with Shaq in the 90s, and my first reaction is Penny Hardaway. No, yeah, but Scott Skiles was there. I know. He was one of those veteran leaders of that I know 90s he was. Magic team before Penny got there, Dave. Oh, God. Scott Skiles. But, but no, it, it was one Vogel, of those things. Vogel's going to do a great job. He's going to develop your talent. He will get your team to hopefully bring in the some bottom defense. of the playoffs. Uh, guaranteed. Like Hopefully bring in some defense to that, too. Yeah. Absolutely, I, I like him. I think he, I think that was probably their best move this offseason was bringing in Frank Vogel. Really, over Bismack Biombo? What? That was the best free agent signing of the of the whole damn class. Or Dave. was it trading for Serge Ibaka, the thirty seven year old Serge Ibaka? <laughs> could be that too. It could be uh, trading for a little old Serge. But yeah, the thing with Vogel and the reason why I bring him up is he fell at eleven, so he didn't get in our top ten. But that's just because Dave wanted Stan Van in our top ten. Dwight, <laughs> what are you doing? And there we go. We got it in. I knew Dave wanted to do it. We formed a fucking wall. <laughs> and that's what Stan is saying at the 10 spot. Right there. We formed a fucking wall. Right at the, you can't right get at in. the wall. Vogel, Vogel can't get doesn't in. get in. Uh, I love I love Stan, man. <laughs> this is a wonderful team in Detroit he's got. Uh, he's just got to put together now for, mm-hmm. for the playoff run. Uh, they challenged last year. And you saw they, it. They, can, they were the one year away plan. I that's, think, that's where they're at. I think I'm going to use the same kind of reference that... Jack Del Rio made for the Raiders this year after they won their week one game. Mm-hmm. Last year was the season when, especially in the playoffs, was the season where the Pistons learned how to compete. This year's where they learn how to win. Not saying they win a I championship, like but maybe push forward into a second round, not an Eastern Conference Finals, but no. a second round. They, they've got a <laughs> they've got a super young team. They're really good across the board. Mm-hmm. Drummond needs to hit his free throws. It's that easy. But that's going to do it for the fast break. I want you guys let us know down below what you think of our coaching rankings from across the board. We don't have Mike Rankin here, so it's not Rankin's Rankin's, rankings rankings. this week. But if you're sitting to yourself thinking, oh, Ricky, why isn't this a video podcast? I can't see your faces this week. Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com backslash most valuable podcast. Just another way for you guys to support us so that hopefully we can make every single podcast here at MVP. 
a video podcast in the future. We want to put all our, our time friends. into this. We do. We really do. We want to put all of our time into it. We love doing it for you. However, we need some help. And if you want to support us, check out our Patreon page. You can check us out on Twitter. Those are down in the description. Make sure to hit us up on all the social medias, Instagram, Twitter. We've got Snapchat. We've got this. We've got that. Sean putting it on a lockdown. Those are in the description as well. want to thank you guys for tuning in to the Fast Break. Hopefully, hopefully Sean will be back as we preview the Central Division and start our team rankings next week. But as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.